Hello and welcome to another special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, where Spencer is the only one here because of scheduling issues. Ah yes, the age-old issue of scheduling issues that, oh my god, I wish we could get away from. But alas, that is where we are, I guess, at this point. So yeah, what I decided to do this week because... I am having issues with getting a time where Blake and I can both do the normal episode this week, and next week I am out of town, so we are not going to be able to record that. So what I decided to do was to do a reading of one of my articles with other shit thrown in, I guess, and Blake is going to be doing his own little thing, I guess. Uh, I, I talked to him about it a little bit, and we'll see what he comes up with, but in the meantime, I have been watching two fantastic anime. One, A Blast from the Past, that is finally getting its well-deserved final arc animated, and the other, a new and upcoming manga that blew people away on the original run. It got picked back up up for another run, and now it is getting an anime adaptation. So the article that I have written for these first two episodes is going to be on the Geekly Grind. If you want to go ahead and read it, I believe that they're also going to be posting this there. So maybe you're reading the article while listening to this, which is a strange thing to do, but do whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> but what I wrote about specifically was uh, the the joke I put at the very beginning was a tale of two openings or that time I got reincarnated as a guy who got everything he wanted. The part one is going to be talking about Bleach. Bleach is back. It's so exciting to finally say those words out loud and to actually see Bleach back on the screen. It is actually done by the original studio that did it before, that's going to be Studio Pero, and one of the things that happened previously with Bleach was that it was taken off of the air, not because of the quality of the animation that it was coming out with, or the amount of good, you know, story that it still had to tell, but the blistering pace that Bleach was coming out with racked it with a big, giant, steaming problem, which was that they were going too fast for the creator, and so they had to insert these things that we lovingly and hatedly call filler. Bleach is... (coughs) especially bad for this kind of filler because they do entire arcs inside of Bleach with this filler. I'm looking at the Bount arc specifically. Those are uh, weird spirit vampire monster things that are never mentioned inside of the manga and are mentioned inside of a completely separate anime version of it. Um, It's really weird. I am not a big fan of it. There's also Bleach movies that are not connected with the manga at all or the storyline that it is telling. And there are also a couple of other fillers that just kind of are fluff. I wouldn't say so much that they're a major important arc that is going to be put inside of there that isn't actually part of the original manga, but more so like their fun times that the gang is having and their town. <clears throat> I don't really think... Uh, Most people that are watching Bleach are really tuning in to watch that kind of thing, especially because it really feels different from the way that the manga is told in the very linear sense. The way that Bleach came together was 
at the very start, it felt like a Monster of the Week manga. I believe Blake explained it that way a couple of times, where the original way that you picked it up is you were like, oh, this character is going to fight against a hollow. The hollow has a different power every week. We get new ones every week. And then it just started to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you got to go for the first time to Soul Society. Because of that, your first expansion into Soul Society on the Rookie Retrieval arc is going to be the way that we get into a vast and deep world that Kubo has created. And from that initial arc inside of the manga, it is told in a point A to point Z situation. The arcs meld and tell a single story that flows perfectly along. The final arc of the manga, I would argue, is his masterpiece at the end of a fantastic manga series. It tells a a great moment that happens for each one of the different characters that you've grown to love, and much in the way that Oda does this with One Piece, where he gets you to love every character that you're introduced to, even if they're a small side character that doesn't seem important. Kubo does the same thing with both the main characters inside of the story, and also the different Soul Society captains, lieutenants, even at some point the lower ranking people that are going to be part of the Gote Sir 13. It's just a a really good way to tell a story and to bring you in and find different characters that you're going to love, and they all get their moment to shine in this final arc. Which is why a lot of people were really let down when they didn't get the chance to watch it animated. We waited for years in order to get this. We waited for everybody to pass on by the big three. The only one of the big three that is actually left on television, other than the reanimation of Bleach, is One Piece. That's it. Shippuden is gone. Uh, Original Naruto is gone, obviously. And what we have left is Boruto, which is, you know, a shadow of its former glory. It's one of those things where everybody got to finish the race. One of them is continuing to run a marathon that nobody asked them to. And the other one got sidelined by a bus in the middle of the race. They sat on the sideline. They didn't have a chance to put in their time. They didn't have their chance to have their glory at the very end, even if it was going over the finish line to a bunch of friends that are like, well, at least you finished sort of thing. We just got to be cut off. And yes, if you read the manga, you got an ending and it's a fantastic ending. But the problem with that is that a lot of people absorb manga very differently from an anime adaptation. And this is coming from someone who loves Bleach the manga, but also loves Bleach the anime. They are two different sort of loves, but I really, really wanted to see it animated. And I'm finally getting that. And that takes me to the first episode that finally came out. And holy shit, it hit the ground running. If you are not up to date on Bleach and you do not want to get spoilers for this, just be aware. I'm going to try to give it to you as spoiler-free as possible, but... Be aware that I can't always be completely held to that when I'm giving you a, a, a reaction to the first episode of a new arc that happens at the very end of the entire Bleach saga. So here's the thing. 
it picks up where we left off. Our heroes are back in their town. They are living their lives normally, we assume. Meanwhile, in Soul Society, there is something wrong afoot. People inside of the outside areas or souls or whatever the hell they are are starting to disappear and the only thing that is left behind are footprints in the dirt showing that they were rounded up before they disappeared. They aren't able to tell when they go to investigate this who took them away, what happened to them, and it's a big mystery. And then we instead cut back to Ichigo and friends saving a couple of soul reapers that are in town who are being attacked by hollows. The one gripe that I have with this first episode, I will say here and just be aware of it, the hollows are done in a weird CG style. Um, it, it almost feels like, you know, when you're playing a video game and you're running along and that background seems to be the same background just over and over again and looped, the CGI hollows are kind of that. They are not really different from other hollows. They just are a bunch of them, but that's not the point. The point is to play some music that is super nostalgic and have Ichigo and friends come in and absolutely destroy the hollows so fast. Also, the town around them, they they don't hold back on just, you know, completely leveling and smashing into the side of buildings. They're really having a uh, a full-on Avengers moment in the middle of New York City. And, uh, well, we really wanted to be able to watch something like that in the first episode, or at least I did. I really wanted to see a return to form and to see where the characters are and see that, yes, their power levels have remained the same. The problem is I didn't see at the very beginning of this, where we are going to exactly go with this. Like, why are we seeing hollows? Why are we getting introduced inside of this? I really think that this moment was just a reintroduction to these characters. These other, uh, Soul Reapers that are in town, they're not really important to the story. The thing that is important to the story, though, is that we get a couple of masked, white-robed characters that are going to appear in Soul Society, and another one that is going to be not wearing a mask, appearing in front of Ichigo. He is going to challenge Ichigo to a fight. He is going to continue to push Ichigo until he gets to the moment where he is going to reveal his Bankai, and that it's the same thing that is going to be happening inside of Soul Society. However, the person that they have decided to impale on the side of the wall in order to get old man Yamato's attention is one of his uh, lieutenants. And because of that, he is going to start to release his Zanpakuto. He is not going to have to put it into a Bankai form because just releasing his Zanpakuto from the sheath creates such a fire that burns so deeply that you would have to immediately escape from it. But This is just a way to get other people inside of Soul Society to reveal their Bankais because it turns out that these people that have revealed themselves are Quincy's. They are here to use an ability in order to seal Bankais. Ichigo, at the same time, is fighting against another one of these uh, Quincy's that is going to try to seal his Bankai, but for some reason it doesn't work on Ichigo's Bankai. Put a star and asterisk for that later in further episodes because it's going to become very important. However, uh, we are going to get uh, introduced to also a fantastic fight sequence between Ichigo and this unnamed Quincy that we don't completely understand at this moment before he disappears in a shield of 
blue light, as well as the Quincy's that are going to threaten uh, Old Man Yamato uh, before they disappear in a sheen of blue light and go back to where else but a weird white place filled with white and there is a a really worrying moment at the very end of this episode where you find out that this character that is leading the Quincy's is so powerful that it doesn't look like he even moves from his seat and he is almost disemboweled of this character that is standing in front of him who had the decency or the undecency I guess it would be to have an argument in his presence which he has said is forbidden. This is going to lead up to us worrying how powerful this character is, who this character is, where we are going with this anime, and I think it is a great, great reintroduction to the show. I am really, really ready to continue watching this season. I am so excited, not only because of how good the opening credits are, they are a grayscale mixed with wash of pink. It it sounds weird, but it fucking works. And the way that Kubo's artwork is completely mixed in, it just blows you away. Not to mention the ending credits are also great. It is just a, a perfect package of a first episode to get people hyped up and super into watching this. And I swear, if somebody watches that episode and hasn't watched Bleach before, you're going to be so swept away with this that you want to watch the original show. And if you're one of those people, and maybe you haven't watched Bleach and you're listening to this right now, hey... I would recommend that you go back and you try to find something that's going to be like a Bleach Kai so you can skip over some of the filler, but you should watch it or read it, and you should definitely get on for this new season. Now, I also have another show to talk about. This other one I'm going to be a little bit more brief on, but it is a show that is based on a manga that is super important, and this one is about Chainsaw Man, a show that is coming out five years after, five, four, four years after the manga originally aired, because I believe that the manga originally dropped in 2018. Uh, A lot of people picked it up originally, thought it was just going to be a horror gore anime. Uh, Maybe some shonen trash would pick it up. I also was one of those people that originally saw the artwork on the cover and was just like, oh, this might be good. I'll, I'll pick it up. I'll read a couple of chapters. I'll probably end up putting it down. And this one might be one of those that gets swept under. Because to be honest, honest with you, the the front of the manga is a monster face with a chainsaw sticking out of it and hands that have chainsaws sticking out of them. And uh, it doesn't it doesn't really evoke something that I would be super interested in. I am so happy to be so wrong with that manga. It is one of the best manga that has come out in the best in the past five years. It is a beautiful piece of storytelling mixed with crazy, crazy, absurd gore and some pretty lewd and blue moments. It is, uh, it is a manga that really took a small group of people that originally picked it up and turned it into a thriving fan base that is riveted and ready to watch an anime adaptation. Now... Be aware that this anime adaptation is coming out. It is not for people that don't like CGI. And I say that as somebody who doesn't like CGI but really loves the source material. I watched the first episode. 
I will say also that the opening is uh, really, really good. Really chaotic, really strange. It apparently has uh, a whole bunch of um, references to different movies that are going to be inside of it as well. Somebody did a breakdown of that online I saw the other day where they just did all of the different movie references that were inside of it. You should definitely look that up. But the problem with it is that a lot of the backgrounds that happen inside of the show are going to be CGI, and then the main character inside of the show also is done in CGI. I really don't like when they do characters with CGI. Um, it feels a little bit too uncanny valley. It also feels a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to say lazy because I know it's a very difficult art form to do as well, but it feels kind of lazy in comparison to 2D artwork. And here's the thing though, the show sells it. Some of the background CG is a little bit not great, but the show and the plot and the story is so strong that it continues to push you forward. I'm going to continue to watch the anime. I would recommend that you read the manga. Uh, it's because of the manga, the way that it is drawn is in such a interesting style, which is one of the reasons why I, I worry that the the anime adaptation is having difficulty completely grasping the the sheer weirdness and horrific moments that happen inside of the anime. I I want those to happen. I'm going to continue watching for sure, but I will say for now with a tepid yes, this first episode is a like an A minus. It's good. It is definitely something's watchable. It's definitely something that somebody who hasn't seen it could pick up and immediately watch. If you're one of those people that also like CGI inside of your anime, it's going to blow you away. It's it's one of those where the CGI is good, the 2D is also fantastic. So those are my recommendations for today. Uh, a great new arc that is coming to a fantastic old anime slash manga and a new manga that is going getting a tepid but good first episode and I'm excited to see more of it. Uh, we'll see what Blake thinks in his his recap of whatever he is doing. But anyways, uh, I guess stick with us. We'll be back soon and thank you so much for listening and see you later. <laughs>